Welcome to Cowboy Church with your host, Russ Weaver and Susie McIntyre. So sit back and enjoy some good singing, some great testimony, and some good preaching. Welcome to Cowboy Church. Hi, I'm Susie McIntyre. And I'm Russ Weaver. And we want to personally thank you for tuning in today to Cowboy Church. We promise that we'll have something fresh every week. I, I just hate to have leftovers. <laughs> I don't know. No, Sometimes don't, no. leftovers are better over time, you well, know? I got to thinking about that. I don't want to tell a lie. I've enjoyed a lot of leftovers in my life, right. and sometimes it shows. And grateful for them, yes. right? Yeah. yeah but yeah. spiritually, if, if I'm feeding, I want to have something mm -hmm. fresh and something new. And, and this week, you know, the Bible talks about uh, being filled, and, and the way we get filled is, is by being in prayer. Mm -hmm. The way we get filled is by reading the Bible. And then sometimes we get filled by what the preacher says. So I want to make sure that I pray enough about this and seek God enough about what I'm going to be saying that, that it has some substance to it. And I don't want it to just be all gone by Monday morning. I want something you can feed on. That's my goal. Yeah, sure. That's a goal. Sure. Yeah, because, you know, a lot of people, this is the only time they have. Right. with God. And, and this is what we need to do. We're going to put it out there like feeding your cattle on, on uh, Sunday morning. We're going to put it out there. The best we got for you, you have the decision what to take and what to leave behind. Welcome to Cowboy Church. We're glad you're here. A lot of people that are in huge cities across America and the world don't get to enjoy a, a sport quite like this. They don't get to enjoy the wide open spaces that we enjoy in Oklahoma and Kansas and Texas and the surrounding states. They may live in a place where there's high rises, concrete, asphalt everywhere, but they dream of a place that they can, they can notice those kinds of things like running horses and stir up high grass and all the good things that nature provides. This is about a man who dreams of that kind of lifestyle. Bobby and Jane, they had a dream of moving west and settling down. So they bought a ranch out in Colorado, out near the den.
got the fake and staring into the campfire light. All the fences out on the range seemed strong, but something wasn't right. And then it thought about Jane and all their dreams, how he left her so angry. And then he knew there were fences down. salvation oh come on this is a Jesus roundup who is the rock of our salvation thank you very much now I want you to turn to the person next to you and tell them who is the rock of our salvation there you go I didn't hear y'all over here what was it Jesus when trouble comes like a hurricane you're just about to go insane Cause this house has an open door For all broken hearts and worried minds So take it to the rock of salvation Take it to the rock that never will roll Take it to the rock whose name is Jesus Take it to the rock The unshakable
unshakable rock. The unshakable rock. Take it to the rock. Take it to the rock. The unshakable rock. Psalm 91 is one of them. Yeah, everybody goes, oh, yeah, we like that one. Everybody likes this chapter. And I think a lot of the reason that people like this chapter is because um, they don't read a couple of words. There's a couple of little words in there you want to you want to look for because this is a very conditional chapter. Very conditional. Now, it's it's not one of those things that everybody gets these kind of benefits. Not everybody gets to fall into this kind of deal, and uh, you need to, you need to read. I, I'm just I was gonna go through and, and pick it up. Actually, I've got to make a confession to you. My my first line of thinking for the message today, I wanted to preach about the difference between rights and privileges, and then all of a sudden I got too political, and I thought I can't do that. And so, because it's, it's missing the point, and everybody's set up to be political on that stuff. And, and I don't want you to miss the point of this. The point of this is in Scripture, in Psalm 91, and I, I just decided I'm going to read the whole thing to you, because it's such a dynamic chapter. And it says this, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence, and he shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wing you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night or of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked because, and this is the first little word that I want you to hear, it says, because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. And if, if, you, if you break that down to make it a simple sentence, it says, because you have made the Lord your dwelling place. I want you to keep that dwelling place in, in your mind, because that's part of what we're dealing with today. It says, no evil shall befall you. That, and that word befall is not that you won't have evil around or try to affect you. But if you're a great tree, somebody comes at you with an ax, they're trying to befall. <laughs> and he won't let the evil destroy you. 
It's along the line of, they may knock you down, but they can't keep you there. Nor shall any plague come near your dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands shall they bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot, because, another, another because, he has set his love upon me. Therefore I, God's part, will set him us on high because he has known, known my name he shall call upon me and I will answer him I will be with him in trouble I will deliver him and honor him with long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation amen amen, amen. amen. let's pray our heavenly father I pray today that you would bless this message God I pray you'd bless this message of blessing with your great blessings I pray and Lord, give us, give us insight into concepts that will help us as we walk our life, as we live our life out before you and before others, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Little words, the words because and if and when and for, and in this chapter in particular, it says who dwells, who dwells, that's where we live. So our part, verse 9 is the little word because, and I want to go back to that word because, because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. The other little word in uh, verse 14, it says, because he has set his love upon me, then God's part is, therefore I will deliver him. And verse 15 is another because, because this is what God says, he has known my name. And that word known doesn't have to do with just, hello, my name is Russ, and we got a handshake. We don't know each other yet. We've just been introduced. When you get to know somebody, when the Bible's talking about the relationship between a husband and a wife, we get to know each other. We realize there's more to that than a handshake. And it's more than just a sexual encounter. When you get to know somebody, you know how they think and how they feel and how they're going to react. You know before she says a word, man. Whether you've stepped in it or over it. <laughs> because you know each other. Yeah, that's how that works. I just want to let you in on some, some things that, that I've been doing in, in my prayer life. When I pray for people, there's three areas that I pray for them. And then there's... Beyond that, I'll pray for special, specific needs. But in general, there's only three areas that I cover. And occasionally, I cover one more. But the three areas I primary are, I pray a covering over people. I, I pray a covering over my family. I pray a, a covering over my relatives. I pray a covering over those near us. And anybody involved in ministry that's, that's close to us. And especially the people that I help provide covering for, I pray that God would help that covering to be effective. The second thing is, is I pray that God would put a hedge around them. And then the last thing is I pray that God will keep their hearts tender before him. If, if there's a covering and if there's a hedge and their hearts are tender, they're gonna make it. But there still has to be the factor of the participation of the person I'm praying for. It has to be a factor. It is a factor. So that's what we're going to be. That's what we're going to be talking about. First of all, I want you to understand: in order for you to be effective in your prayer life, 
you first of all have to live up to this stuff. You, you hear what I'm saying? There are a bunch of ifs in being effective prayers. And I want my prayers to be effective, so I want to be an effective prayer. And in order for me to be an effective prayer, my heart and my life and my walk needs to line up with the Word of God by the power of God working in me so that I can be effective in my prayer time. So, so when, when I'm praying, I, I want to be a part of the covering process. See, the, 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 the covering works kind of like this. It's a shingle effect. How many of you have, at the last storm had to call your insurance company because the shingles needed repair? And the reason you know they needed repair is that guy come by in, the, in his little truck and says, your, your shingles are bad. I need to do your shingle job, right? He pointed it out to you. Some of you is bad enough to where in the middle of the night, maybe a drip hits you in the head while you're trying to sleep. <laughs> if we're going to be part of the covering, we need to understand how it works. First of all, we see it in two places with the children of Israel. I, I, lo I love these two places. First, first place we see it is, is God told them to put the covering on their doorpost. Remember what they covered it with? The blood of the lamb. That represents Jesus Christ and what he was about to do later and he has done now. And when the application of the blood is applied, it's a covering over that door and over the things that are inside that house. It's not just a roof, but it's a spiritual covering that is, is done by the blood of Christ. And the blood of Christ is really important because of this factor. The blood of every person comes from his father. Did you know that? So the blood of Jesus Christ that we celebrate in communion was the deity part of God. And his mother was the flesh. And he was all man and all God all at the same time. The blood that flowed through him was the deity part. And that's why the Bible says, if you will apply the blood of Christ to your life, you'll experience salvation, you'll experience healing. And in his body, that his body would be, uh, would be a, a symbol of who we are as people. And he was a human and he perfected what we need to perfect in his body as a man. So in Exodus 40, then we see the next one. It says, whenever the cloud was taken up from above the tabernacle, the children of Israel would go onward in all their journeys. But if the cloud was not taken up, then they did not journey till the day that it was taken up. In other words, if you've ever lived in a desert, desert has a pretty extreme climate. And in the desert, in the daytimes, it gets extremely hot. And in order to survive the heat of the desert, at 120 degrees, when a cloud comes over in the desert, you know exactly where it is. And when you're underneath the cloud, it's now survivable. And when you're not underneath the cloud, it is miserable and it can be this far apart. You're in the sunshine, oh, I need a cloud. That far apart. And, and the, the, the covering is the cloud. I remember when we first got this uh, facility here. One of the early Sunday mornings, I walked into the facility, and as I walked in and walked up and looked over that and began to pray about the service, and I looked into the arena, and there was this cloud that had gathered in, underneath the roof and in the arena. 
It was underneath the roof. It was in the arena. You couldn't see hardly the bullpens unless you looked down under and it was, it was hovering there. And I thought, that's what God uses to symbolize the presence that happens under the covering. And that was the cloud that was over those children of Israel. And as long as they stayed under the cloud, here's, here's what the cloud did for them. It not only kept them protected, it told them when to move and when not to move. When it was time to move, the cloud would do this and they would be out in the sunshine and they would go. Brilliant. How do you lead three million people? Move the cloud. This is pretty simple. And, and there, are, there, are, there are lots of ways to understand the covering, but when we understand covering, then we will understand how God works. In number 16, it talks about when the, uh, remember Korah, he brought the big, big uh, deal up against the leadership there. He told Moses, he said, you know, we can do everything you do. We could probably do it better because, you know, we're smart also and God will help us. And they, they, they brought the fire that they used for the temple processes and they, they lit the fires and, and God says, hey, that's not what I had in mind. And the cloud moved and began to sort them off. And the 250 people there was, well, let's look at it. Now it happened when the congregation gathered against Moses and Aaron that they turned the word toward the tabernacle of meeting and suddenly the cloud covered it and the glory of the Lord appeared over the temple there. And the earth where they were sitting opened up and it swallowed them. And the presence of the Lord moved back as a covering of the rest of the people. Job says, do you know how the clouds are balanced? Those wondrous works of him who is perfect in knowledge? Who is perfect in knowledge? God is. So do you know how the clouds are, how many of you know how the clouds are balanced in the air? You don't have any idea. How God can take part of the ocean, suck it up into the air, move it across, and squeeze it out so that we have rain. Explain that to me. Well, we know how it happens, but we don't. Well, if you enjoy Cowboy Church, I want to ask you to do something. Get your checkbook out or go to the website and pledge to support Cowboy Church. We rely on your gifts. God has put us in a place where we rely upon the people who enjoy Cowboy Church. We love hearing from you. Thank you for your letters and thank you for your support. God bless you and we'll see you next week on Cowboy Church.